Yanisanta de Kumbo. Sean Kemp. Yanisanta de Kumbo. Sean Kemp. Yanisanta de Kumbo. Sean Kemp. On this episode of NBA Now and Then, The Greatest Comparisons, we compare two unbelievably gifted players who caught the NBA off guard during their respective eras. When he played for the Seattle Supersonics, the forecast always called for rain. Their highlights captivate basketball fans from the U.S. to Europe and beyond. His freakish athleticism and dominant style make him Greece's finest player. With dunks that shake rims and heads at the same time. Going downhill, these players are like speeding freight trains. Opponents take caution and stay off the tracks. We are excited to present to you Giannis Antetokounmpo and Sean Kemp. I'm Uriah. I'm Maurice. I'm Lucas. And I'm Ben. And we're here to talk NBA now and then. Okay, we are here with an amazing comparison, two really fun players to watch. I have a feeling this is going to take everyone here down memory lane, except for Lucas, who was, I think, uh, just learning how about basketball because he's uh, probably on... before that to be honest with you i was learning probably. how to walk i was learning how to walk yeah exactly so let's let's start with maurice first why are we comparing these two players right now two players who on a basketball court coming down the court it was a scary sight for most defenders two players who can duck the basketball uh what's the right word at a ferocious pace I'll say. Okay. Okay. Ben, what about you? Two guys that their athleticism just kind of was like out of the gym and you couldn't really defend it. Right. The athleticism was just so dominant. We obviously see Giannis now. And then, uh, yeah, both guys didn't play college ball. So they kind of fell a little in the draft and were not recruited because they didn't do the traditional college basketball. So they both were teenagers. And Lucas... Look, they're not considered quote-unquote humongous in NBA terms in terms of like body mass. They're not like overweight players, but yet they were so compact with their strength that they it made it almost impossible to guard these guys. Yeah, I think being compact, having that, that muscle mass, eventually it took Giannis a few years to get there, but once he got there, it was no looking back. Like you said, Maurice, on the break, unstoppable. Been the whole concept of just being so young and so raw in their athleticism is one of the biggest reasons why we're comparing these two. Let's get started. First quarter, background. We're going to dive into this episode and we're going to start with a foundational question. And the question is, which player today is most like Sean Kemp? We think about some of the things we mentioned in the intro. Well, we look no further than the alphabet, a.k.a. the Greek freak. Did you guys know that alphabet was one of his nicknames? No, I didn't know. It makes sense. I I think I might have heard it once, but I forgot. Yeah. 
It's just so ironic that we're comparing a player who has the most syllables in his name versus a player who has the least amount of syllables in his first and last name. But anyway, so uh, before he got those nicknames, he was born Giannis Antetokounmpo on December 6, 1994 in Athens, Greece. His parents, Veronica and Charles, emigrated from Lago, Nigeria before Giannis was born. Their family grew up in poverty because Greek immigration law prevented his mom and dad from getting a work permit. Giannis grew up with four brothers. I'm sure people knew about that. A few of them actually play in the NBA. Giannis's family was so poor that he had one pair of socks that his mother would wash by hand and a pair of sneakers that he had to share with his brothers. Can anyone guess which sport Giannis was interested in as a kid before he played basketball? Ben, what about you? Uh, track and field. All right. And Maurice? Volleyball. Lucas? Soccer. Soccer? Yeah, his dad played soccer beforehand. All right. When Giannis was 13 years old, a basketball scout noticed him playing. Then it was arranged that he would play for the local youth team. Soon he became obsessed with basketball, walking, get this, five miles to practice. Five miles. Question. I'll go to Maurice first this time. What former NBA player highlights did Giannis watch as a kid? There were three I'm looking for. Um, I think the easy answer would be Kobe. There's one. I'm going to say Shaq. I'm going to say Shaq. No, not Shaq's not on my list. Lucas? LeBron James. That is incorrect. The answer was really? Iverson, Iverson, Kobe, huh. and MJ. Okay. Those are the, those right. are the players yeah. that Giannis okay. was checking out on YouTube. I see a little bit of all three of them in his game, too. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he's got handles, so it makes exactly. sense. As a teen, Giannis was the point guard for the Philothetikos team, where he played with grown men almost twice his age. Now, I don't have any Giannis high school stats, but do you guys want to hear about his FIBA junior team stats? Sure. Yes. For the 2013 FIBA junior games, I have an over-under points per game for Giannis, over-under 11 points a game. Lucas? Uh, I'm going to say under. Maurice? Under. And Ben? Under. All right, you guys are correct. He only averaged eight points a game in 2013 for the FIBA games. It's crazy. In the 10 games that Giannis played, he averaged eight points, seven rebounds, one steal, and one block. I have one more over-under. I'll go to Ben first. Over-under field goal percentage, 48%. Over. Maurice? Over. And Lucas? I'm going to say under. All right, Lucas, you are correct. Hey! He shot, you won't believe this percentage, guys. Giannis shot 36%. I can. I can. Like, look. 36%. He, pro- he, he probably didn't have, a, like, he had He had been playing soccer his whole, whole life. It's not right. that surprising. Yeah. I just was shocked because, you know, he's mm. he's so efficient around the room now. Eventually, Giannis drew the attention of the Bucks, and they sent their GM, John Hammond, to Athens to see this scrawny 6'9 teenager. Many teams knew about Giannis, but he was so raw, he was so skinny, that most teams were afraid to draft him. Not the Bucks, though. Despite his thin frame, obscure basketball career, and not even an invitation to the Nike Hoop Summit, Milwaukee would choose Giannis in the 2000. 2000- 13 NBA draft. 
Oh, be NBA, NBA player. With the 15th pick in the 2013 NBA draft, the Milwaukee Bucks select Giannis Adetokounmpo from Athens, Greece. Adrian, what made Giannis's selection at 15 in the 2013 draft so unusual? Well, consider the fact that in late June, when he uh, is in the Barclays Center in Brooklyn, seven and a half months earlier, there wasn't a team in the NBA who had ever heard of him. He went from being completely off the global map uh, to all of a sudden on the brink of the NBA lottery. And the process leading up uh, in those months was just one of the most unique, mysterious, enigmatic. And, and you know, we take uh, the listener through that uh, process. Remember, uh, this was a historically weak draft. All right, Ben, let's go to you first. What stands out to you about Giannis before he was entering into the NBA? I think that, that he was almost a lottery pick with the points because it, it, obviously guys overseas, you know, you see like Luca that, but they kind of dominated over there. But so to be drafted that high, um, that young, that raw, they kind of just like took a took a flyer, took a chance, and so it, it. What's that Kevin Bacon movie where he's like an agent in the nineties? It goes to Africa. Do you guys remember that? Is it Kevin Bacon? Yes, I think it's called Air Up There. Yeah, Is that what it's it, called. It, yeah, you're describing it. That's like what what came to my mind. The Air Up There. I don't know. I think it's a pretty like modern tale because probably obviously YouTube was around back then, so they probably had enough footage of him. So yeah, but it I was, would say I, I would say it'd be almost a lottery pick. With okay. being that raw, yeah, yeah, and any any footage Ben that they would get the scouts of him, they always described it as grainy, not very it was. clear. Yeah, it was. Yeah. So Lucas, I'm glad you spoke up. What do you think about Giannis's pre NBA experience? I mean, look, like I said, I saw the documentary. Uh, obviously, that was probably slightly dramatized, but it was it was an event because like his family was dealing with. I don't know how, like they were dealing with immigration problems in Greece. Mm -hmm. Like part of the reason why he decided to go pro was so that they, they could get us citizenship. Right. So that, that's a big deal there. But I, I, we, they talked about the weak draft class. Let's just review. I know we don't usually do this, but I, I pulled it up cause I'm curious now. Let's talk about who was in that draft class that got drafted before him. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo made a couple all-star games. Otto Porter, Cody Zeller, Alex Lynn, Nerlens Noel, mm -hmm. Ben Macklemore, yeah, Macklemore, yeah, yeah, Contavious Caldwell Pope won a couple championships. Trey Burke, C.J. McCollum, Michael Carter Williams, the Rookie of the Year that year, mm -hmm. not even in the NBA now. Stephen Adams, Kelly Olynyk, Shabazz Muhammad. It was a really weak class. Like I'm looking through this, the people drafted of note after him: Dennis Schroeder, Mason Plumley, Tim Hardaway Jr. Rudy Gobert, like Rudy Gobert is probably the only other like star player in this one, like at legit star. Um, that that was a horrendous draft. <laughs> yeah. Like in your top three picks, That's if you redraft this, Giannis is clearly number one, Rudy Gobert is two. And then it's kind of like, do you take CJ? I guess CJ's third and Victor Oladipo's fourth. Yeah. Yeah, it's not good. It's not Clearly, good, it was a weak draft, and that was Woj, by the way. I don't know if yeah. you recognize his voice. Oh, yeah, I knew it was Woj. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Maurice? What stands out to you about Giannis's pre-NBA days? The one thing I noticed when about the draft was usually 
if they consider you a top prospect, they'll have you and your family at the table on the mm-hmm. uh, on the floor. He was drafted. He came from the stands. Mm. So that that tells me that he wasn't someone that most teams were looking to draft. You know, that's mm-hmm. usually like the second round picks. Right. So they dug deep. They did their research yeah. and it, it paid out for them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think Giannis, it, he seems the way he is now, I guess, is the way he was even back then. Just this stubborn mentality about not resting on his laurels. So clearly as a young, raw teenager out of Greece, he he, he was very limited with a lot of things when he came to the U.S., including language. He couldn't even speak the language from my, what I understand. Cheese whip. Uh, she, yeah, with with sweet when he went to Philly. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I just feel like the thing that stands out to me is like, number one, humble beginnings, growing up poor, coming to America, which is uh, his experience, but also he used to watch that movie to learn English. He would memorize some of the lines from Coming to America. Wow. Also next yeah, next Friday. Probably, probably not the best movie to get to get next get, Friday. Oh, yeah. See, next so, Friday might be a good one. Yeah, I'm glad yeah. that you watched that one. Yeah. So the last thing I'll say is for perspective, he is quoted, and I quote, first time I hear about the Bucks was in the NBA draft. He didn't even know where Milwaukee was, probably on a map. So he's come a long way. All right, now it's time to talk about Rain Man. As Maurice said earlier, it always forecasts rain in Seattle. Before he got that nickname, he was born Sean Travis Kemp, November 26, 1969 in Elkhart, Indiana. Sean Kemp was raised by a hardworking single mom in the northern Indiana town that was known for its obsession for hoops. He attended Concord High School, where one time he drew so much attention that an Indiana Pacers center played Sean Kemp one-on-one. Now, who can guess what happened in that matchup? A, he dunked on the head of the center. B, he crossed him over, crossing him the fall. Or C, the NBA center shut out a high school student, Sean Kemp, 11-0. Anybody want to take a guess here? I'll say, want to say he shut him out. And I'm one on one. Ben? Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna say shout out too. Shout out. And Lucas? I'm I'm gonna just make it a quartet here. A quartet? Yeah, I'm gonna agree. Oh, okay. <laughs> but only three people spoke. Well, you're you're here, so technically there's four. <laughs> I can't vote because I know the answer. <laughs> okay. Well, then a trio. I'll, I'll make the trio. There you go. Okay. okay. All right. I don't remember what anybody said. I'll just give you the answer. The answer was A. He dunked on the center's oh. head. Yeah. Huh? Wait, you were going to go with that, right, Maurice? No, no. We all went with uh, shut out. Love you got shut out? Okay. All right. All right. I don't have any high school stats. I looked high and low for them. You guys want to hear his recruitment stories? Sure. <laughs> yep. So I found this interview with Slam Magazine that Sean Kemp had, and he's going back down memory lane, and he opened up a lot about how his path toward the NBA was not the smoothest. So Kemp was a huge attraction in high school. Fans would line up for hours for a seat just to watch him play. His dunks were so powerful that he would get bruises on his hand. And his cousin recalls a time when Kemp 
dunked, causing sparks to fly on a chain link net. Wow, jeez. <laughs> yeah, that's that's how strong he was with his his dunks. Uh, I have a trivia question. I'll go. Um, well, I'll put the question out, and I'll go to Lucas first. Which college, Lucas, successfully recruited Sean Kemp despite him not meeting the academic admissions requirements? I'll Kentucky. give you who? Kentucky. You did your research, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Okay. Right. <laughs> usually you say usually you say see me last. Well, but... I wasn't a hundred percent sure, but yeah, it was yeah, it's it's Kentucky. It was Kentucky. Very good. All right. Were you guys gonna say that? I was gonna say Indiana. <laughs> Because you said he was from Indiana. Yeah, I was going to say Indiana too. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm glad you guys are leaning that way because I'm headed that way. But before I do, uh, Kemp played in the 1988 McDonald's All-American game, and he was the highest scorer of the game. Originally, to Ben and Maurice's point, Bobby Knight was one of the first coaches to try and persuade Sean Kemp to play for them. Kind of made sense since he grew up there, like you guys are saying. But instead, he chose Kentucky, like Lucas guessed or research. But then things got complicated. Not only did Sean Kemp not pass his SATs, he was accused of selling two stolen chains owned by a teammate, which was the coach's son. Now, Kemp in the interview admitted that he pawned it, but he claims he did not steal it. Now, one final story on Sean Kemp. As a senior living in Texas at this point, he went from Indiana to Texas, he was invited to practice at a gym with NBA players like Detlef Schrempf and Sam Perkins. Kemp dominated the pro players so much that the Dallas Mavericks coaches told Sean Kemp, don't come back. <laughs> That's how good really? Yeah, really. Sean Kemp ended up transferring to Trinity Valley Community College, but still could not play because he was ineligible. Uh, then he put his name into the 1989 NBA draft. With the 17th pick in the 1989 NBA draft, the Seattle Supersonics select Sean Kemp from Trinity Valley, Texas Junior College. Ben, what stands out to you about Sean Kemp's path to the NBA? Uh, similar to Giannis, and like he didn't have that much like experience. Because mm-hmm. guys weren't really being drafted at a high school, and then he didn't even really, and he didn't play for a year. And back then, there wasn't there wasn't YouTube, so you kind of were just going off like what you recently saw. And then, yeah, it, it sounds like Detlef Shrimp and Perkins that like they were on the Sonics back then. So no, they were sent- actually they were actually on the Dallas Mavericks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He he made the McDonald's All American game, so obviously that was a bigger deal back then than it even mm-hmm. is now. But yeah, mid mid first round, I'm sure people were like, "Who's this guy?" You can kind of hear in the crowd like <laughs> Trinity Valley yeah. College. Um, it would have been crazy to see him on Kentucky. I would have liked to see him actually. That would have been fun. What about you, Maurice? I think this is a good comparison because once again, Seattle did their research without any college play, little high school, you know, research or you know, scouting to find a player who who would develop into an all-star level player and, you know, be the best or second best player on a, on a team that gets to a championship. Kudos to them. Yeah. And Lucas. Just the draft. I'm looking at the draft class here. Cause you know, I did it for Giannis 
and I'm looking here, it was also a weak draft. There wasn't that many guys drafted yeah. ahead of him that were super good. I mean, we got Glenn Rice Sr., okay, good, good player. Mm-hmm. And we got uh, Tim Hardaway Sr., mm-hmm. also pretty good player. And, I mean, you had a couple other guys like Nick Anderson, uh, I, I guess Pooh Richardson was good, Sean Elliott was in that one, Danny Ferry, B.J. Armstrong, now a super agent. By the way, the current Boston Celtics player's father was drafted in this draft. And I almost guarantee you none of you guys are going to figure this out. Um, Give you a hint. He is a big man on the Celtics. Lou hmm. Cornett? Yes! Oh, wow. Oh, wow. His father, Frank that was a Cornett. Good good well, job. they only have like two centers right now on that team, so it wasn't that hard. <laughs> His dad was a power forward, 6'9", Frank Cornett. Nice. Nice. He was uh, the second. He was a second round pick for the uh, Milwaukee Bucks nice. of all teams. My quick take on Kemp's pre NBA career: Look, he he dealt with a lot of stuff growing up, and we've covered enough players in these comparisons to notice a thread of of comparison, which is a lot of these these guys either they grew up in poverty or they have some type of obstacles that get in their way. But I think the inspirational thing about what we bring to to the to the stage is we let people know, like, hey, nothing's ever easy, and you got to work hard for it. So, for instance, like when he would play, when Sean Kemp would play against rivals in Indiana, they would mock him, and they would, I guess, they heard about his him failing the SATs, and they would actually yell out SAT, and then the home team would be like NBA. So it was like back and forth like that. At one point, and this is from one of the coaches, high school coaches, they would throw stuff at him. Like they were so mad that he was so good. And the one other thing, when he was drafted, they did boo. But uh, right after that, they showed highlights of him in high school in the Jumbotron, and then the fans started clapping. So so they learned very quickly. In that draft, he was drafted directly after another Seattle. Seattle had two picks back-to-back, and Dana Burris. Dana Burroughs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he was awesome. He was a yeah. sniper. Was was the pick there. Second quarter. Statistics. Thomas. Knocked away and stolen. Here's Middleton. Giannis trailing the lob. Oh! Giannis Antetokounmpo for Chris Middleton. Cross-court pass. Down as Middleton lobbed it up perfectly. And there's your highlight play tonight. Lobbed it out of the boom bowl, eight seconds. Bounces his way up, five seconds. Out of the boom bowl, he's got to take a shot. Two seconds, step back, jumper. Got it! Got it! Got it! Got it! Got it! Got it! Those were the highlights, and here are the stats. So, let's take a look at the numbers real quick. Giannis is listed at 6'11", 242 pounds. He's worn number 34 for the Milwaukee Bucks the whole time. Interesting fact, he is not the only superstar Milwaukee Buck to wear that number. Can you guys tell me who the other one was? Ray Allen. Ray Allen, yep. Ray Allen, 34. Mm. They're going to have two retired numbers. Or maybe Ray Allen doesn't get his number retired. No, that's no. A, he, no, that's funny. That, yeah. That's like Jokic and uh, Carmelo. I was yeah, just thinking that. Yeah, 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 that's another good one. 
So besides that, let's look at Giannis's best season. Now Giannis has won two MVPs as well as a finals MVP. I'm sorry for stealing your thunder, Ben, but it, it was hard for me to choose one, but I went with his second MVP season. And here's the stats, 29 and a half points, 13 and a half rebounds, five and a half assists, one steal, one block while shooting 55% from the field, 30% from the three point line and 63% from the foul line. And then getting into his career highs here. I think we all know the career high. It just happened this season. If you don't, raise your hand if you don't. I know our, okay. Uriah, you guys can't answer this, but Uriah, over under 60 points. I'll say over. You would be correct. 64. That was the game against the Pacers where Giannis was freaking out about the game ball. Oh, that's right. That happened recently. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Besides that, he's had a career high 22 rebounds over under. Guys, this is for all you guys now. Over under, 15 assists as a career high. Over. Maurice. I'll go under. I'll, right. go, I'll go under. Ben is the only one correct. He got 16 assists this pat during this season. Cool. He's also had a career high, five steals, seven blocks. I'm just going to note one other thing here. going to start trying to do this a little bit more now is looking at where he ranks in his own franchise. So he's first among games played, minutes played, field goals, field goal attempts, free throws, free throw attempts, defensive rebounds, total rebounds, assists, blocks, turnovers, personal fouls, points, triple doubles, and that's the main ones I wanted to touch on. Mm. There's some advanced stuff, but I'm not really looking yeah. at that. He's so, already he's already number one in, in franchise history in points. Oh yeah, he passed Kareem. He's uh, by, about I think three thousand more than Kareem wow. by now. Wow. Yeah, three thousand. Still got a lot of years left too. Yeah, he, yeah. he has. He's never really been hurt for that long of a time. Giannis. Mm. No, yeah. he's he's at seventeen thousand four hundred and ninety six points as of now. Okay. Okay. So he's, he's, uh, he, I mean, he's only, what is he like 28, 29, maybe 30. He is, I think he's like 29. 29. He just turned 29, 40 days ago. So he still has a lot of time to put up the, those big numbers. So let me start off with Ben. Ben, what are you taking away from these stats? I mean, you, we just kind of talked about it. The durability, the fact, like the fact that he's all time. Uh, it doesn't seem like he's slowing down with the career high. I don't want to get into teammates, but I just think that the Bucks have done such a good job of centering around his ability. Kind of like what they kind of LeBron kind of started that, where it's like a specific skill, bigger kind of guard play. Mm-hmm. And the Bucks have just like really done a good job. And look at look what they did. They just were like, okay, cool, we're gonna retool. This isn't working. Bring in Damian Lillard. Like so I think yeah, just with what they've done, because he he is he is flawed with his shooting. Right. Uh, it's yeah. inconsistent. The, I I would personally, if I was in a playoff series, I would do Haka Giannis like <laughs> pretty much every game. I know I know teams do that, but I mean right. it didn't work out for Phoenix. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just the I would say the fact that he's already like around eighteen thousand points, so mm-hmm. he, he he might actually get up there when it's all of a sudden done to be like maybe number two in scoring. Well, the thing is, he didn't really even hit the 20-point plateau until his fourth season. 
And then on top of that games played, he hasn't missed more than 61 games in any season thus far. So not counting this season. So that's that's interesting. Uh, what about you, Uri? What are you what are you thinking? Can you remind me of uh, blocks like his as an average for blocks? His average for blocks for his career is one point three. Okay. Yeah, I, I think what gets overlooked with him because he is so dominant on the break, unstoppable. His post moves. He's he's a very he's like a brutal player in the post. It's like I I would be afraid to if I, even if I was there. There foot, are only a handful of players that can handle him in the post in the modern NBA. Aside from his offensive. Uh, dominance i think defensively the blocks steals the ability to deny guys at the rim and and then get out on the break and finish with a dunk i think that's what makes him so special and i think that part of his stats stand out to me by the way the last two seasons like i his second mvp season i said it was 29 and a half last two seasons he's been averaging 31 right this season and last season so like he's even gotten you know increased his volume and this season, actually, he's uh, shooting 60% from the field, which is a career high for him. Maurice, what do you think? Well, yeah, I mean, what some people tend to forget is Giannis really didn't play until his third season. He was a really underdeveloped. He didn't get a lot of playing time. He did get some playing time. You got to mm-hmm. remember, too, they were focusing that franchise around Jabari Parker. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And really, Giannis came out of nowhere – when Parker had injuries and Giannis became the main focal point of that franchise. And what a fortunate situation for them, I guess. Yeah. I I do want to rebuttal on the, I I think the perception was he didn't get a lot of playing time, but his rookie year, he averaged 24 minutes per game and the next two seasons afterwards was 31 and 35. Okay. So he's actually, he's actually (laughs) average, you know, in terms of, he actually got a lot of playing time. He just didn't score a lot, which right. made you think that he didn't get a lot of minutes. But okay. he actually, fun fact, he played point guard his third season under Jason Kidd. Did he? Yeah. Yes, he, he played did. point guard? Listed, yep, listed wow. as point guard here on, on NBA uh, Basketball Reference, yeah. Maybe Kidd was on to something before he got fired. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah. I tend to forget that's Jason a, Kidd was the coach. Yeah, And yeah. that's a good grab, Maurice. <laughs> bringing up Jabari Parker. I completely forgot that he played. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. the injuries kind of took him out of that equation and kind of opened yeah. the door for Number Giannis. two pick, right? Yep. 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 They could have had him beat. <laughs> oh, yeah. This pacing wow. would have been horrible, though. Well, no, Joel. No, that would have worked. Yeah, I guess they'd so. play very different. Scotty Pippen. Offensive energy uh, to stay close until they get some defensive concept of how to shut them down. Oh, how about that for a solo? Cage deflected away, loose to the floor. McMillan scrapes it up, goes back up. He comes. Gatling swats it away. Kemp powers in with a jam. Gatling got a piece of it, comes up and says, Wow. We did a job, didn't we? And they high-five each other. They really appreciate the talents. Kemp with 18 on the power jam. Well, I'll tell you again, Sean Kemp is the guy who can ignite you. Yeah, so those were some highlights here, the numbers. So Sean Kemp was listed at 6'10", 230 pounds, not too far off. He wore number 40 all but one stop. He wore number four. Can anybody tell me where he wore number four at? Is it Orlando? 
Uh, the Cavs. Yeah, it was the Cavs. Oh, Cleveland? Okay. Yep, he wore number four. That's when they had the blue and black jerseys, apparently. <laughs> anyway, so I, I went with the season not only that Sean Kemp made uh, you know, an all-star game, but also an all-NBA team. His best season, I'm going to go with the 95-96 season. He averaged 19.5 points, 11.5 rebounds, two assists, one steal, one and a half blocks, while shooting 56% from the field, 41% from the three-point line, mm, and yeah. 74% from the foul line. Going into career highs, so game highs, over under 45 points. This game high, Uriah. I go over. Maurice. Over. Ben. Under. Ben is correct. It is 42 points as a career oh, high. Okay. He also has had a career high 22 rebounds and a career high 12 assists, 7 steals, 10 blocks. Mm. Wow. Second year, second season that that happened. So this is, and I hope when they do expansion, they change this so that the OKC franchise history stuff is going to be different than the... Uh, Seattle. The Sonic stuff. But right as of now, Sean Kemp is only the franchise leader in one category. Can anybody tell me what they think it is? Uh, I'll say blocks. Maurice? Uh, I'm going to say blocks as well. Ben? Field goal percentage. Y'all. All wrong. <laughs> it's offensive rebounds. What? Okay. Yeah. 2,145. Steven Adams was the closest one to snap him, and nobody currently playing for the Thunder has it right now. Yeah, so what so, you were saying was uh, all the stats are combined for Seattle and Oklahoma City? Yeah. So what okay. I'm hoping for is when NBA expansion happens again, that they allow them to separate those. Because that's what they've done in the past with like right. the Hornets mm-hmm. and yeah. the Pelicans, stuff like that. So that's that's what I'm hoping for. Let me start with, who did I start with last time? Ben, Uriah, you're up this time. Yeah, I think the one stat you mentioned, Lucas, that stands out to me is the blocks. The one thing that both of these players have in common is because they can get up so quickly off of their feet, they can recover, they can close out even on jump shooters. Their length is is just as impressive as their ability to make plays so I think those those blocks. I, I remember Sean Kemp just getting up. And... Well, was Sean Kemp a strong help side defender? I I, did, I haven't seen. Yeah. Him. Okay. He, so he that's was. that's something that him yeah. and Giannis have in common because Giannis gets most of his blocks and stuff as a help side defender. Yeah. 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 So they're both help side defenders, and both of them are formidable opponents at the rim contesting mm-hmm. shots. So I think the blocks stood out to me. Okay. What about you, Maurice? I mean, it's hard, and it's hard to not mention the the ten blocks. That's pretty crazy because not even tall, lankier, more guys defenders with more length can do that. So that's pretty impressive. Um, the points. I never, never, I never really perceived Sean Kemp as being, you know, a high scoring player. Um, he only he only busted over twenty points one season. That was twenty point five his first season in, in mm. Cleveland. Yeah, yeah, I think he had like this his highest scoring season was a year after he left and went to Cleveland. Yeah. Oh like no, not 40... his, sorry, sorry, not his first season in Cleveland. Oh, the, the second? second season, yeah, it was second season, the okay. lockout season. 
Yeah, but his career high, I never, I didn't know that one. So that was something new for me. Sean Kemp, we always remember Sean Kemp as just a dunker, but like, like guys, like um, even guys like we featured here on the on the pod before, Dominique Wilkins. Mm-hmm. You know, they can score too if they if need be. Ben, yeah, the points. Uh, I'm surprised it's so low, given that he had Gary Payton as a point guard. Uh, I'm just kind of surprised. Um, I guess they probably. I, I when uh, Maurice goes, I'm curious to see the teammate. I mean, he. I get yeah, Detlef Schramm. He had a pretty like balanced team. Yeah. So I think that probably had a lot to do with it. But yeah, I think given you know, they were on a really good team, but yeah, I'm surprised that they didn't use him more, or the fact that he didn't have like a 25 point season. So that that that's definitely stood out to me. Well, I, I'm going to point out a few things that surprised me. First off, his three-point percentage. I mean, as a career, was only 27%. But there was one season that he attempted 33 for a guy that's 6'10". is pretty rare back in the 90s, I would say. And he made 12 of them. So that's about 36%. That's that's uh, that's not a bad sample size. You know, who, who could have known if he played in the modern NBA if he could have been a floor spacer? So that 41% from three... How many? That, what was the volume on that? Uh, he had twelve attempts on five shots. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. The so season afterward was the one with the uh, with the uh, thirty three. He also led the league in total fouls three times. Oh, I didn't not, know that. not fouls per game, but like total fouls. Getting fouled, right? No, like no, no. People fouling f- him, fouling people. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. In one season, he his uh, last season in Cleveland, he had. 371 personal fouls called against him. Wow. Surprised that did not leave the lead. I just want to say one thing about his scoring because I distinctly remember him playing in the 90s because anytime they were on national TV, I think everyone, because he's on the West Coast. It's like, when else are you going to watch uh, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton? But I remember, guys, his shooting form was pretty good. Was for, it for a guy that was six ten? If you watch his highlights, the release, uh, his elbow, like his squaring up, he had a, a pretty good jump shot form. So it's no surprise that uh, as far as his perimeter game, he was, well, he was well, pretty the, good. The weird thing you is, saw if that's that the case, in Cleveland. I, well, the weird thing is, if that's the case, he only he never shot eighty uh, percent uh, or higher as a field a free throw shooter. He, his career average was forty seventy four percent. Right. So, yeah, he was in an era of like power forwards kind of like taking over too. Like you had Barkley, Carl Malone. So he developed. He, I remember when he was on the Cavs, I think he was an all star a few he, he actually had a nice little post game, I remember. Yeah. Third quarter, accolades. I want to thank my team. My team, uh, first of all, I want to thank my teammates. It takes more than one person to win um, 16 games. Um, every time I walked to the locker room, I saw my teammates, they were ready to go to fight. They were ready to go to war with me. Um, they laced up their shoes, they went out there and they gave 100%. Um, I want to thank the coach staff for um, Okay. I want to thank the coach staff for teaching us, pushing us every day, every single day, believing in us, uh, teaching us what it takes to win. Um, I want to thank the, uh, thank the front office, the ownership, for uh, you know believing in me. Didn't realize he got that emotional. Uh, that is Giannis accepting 
I'm guessing his first MVP. So he is a back-to-back NBA Most Valuable Player, uh, 2019 and 2020. And he has been a finalist the following three years. It's pretty much been the same three players the last, I don't know, four or five years. Uh, He is a seven-time NBA All-Star and seven straight times, 2017 to 2023. It's pretty impressive. How many times has Giannis been All-NBA first team? I'm going to go with Lucas. I'm going to say six times. All right. Maurice. I'm going to do a little calculation. And I'm going to say, she's a six or seven. I'm going to go with seven. All right. And you're right. I'll go with seven. You were all wrong. What? Uh, it's five. Oh, oh, I was thinking five. Oh. Okay. I was like, Again, let me go. Five okay. straight. First. So we're, we're in the current, like, 2019 to 2023. Uh, he was a two-time All-NBA second team member, 2017 20. So the thing I think to remember is he's listed as a forward. Yes. And right. so so is LeBron and so is Kevin Durant. So oh, I think I, I think about. that's the thing. So okay. so he has he has overtaken those guys probably just because of age. But mm-hmm. yeah, in 2017, 2018, those guys were uh ahead of him. That makes sense. And now now it's gonna change because all NBA is positionless now, right? Is it? it yes, it's I'm this year. Pretty, I think it's this year. Yeah, they need to do that. Yeah, um that, that's a long time coming. Yeah. DeAndre Jordan and uh, oh gosh that that gave me the yeah answer. and the amount of like the amount of uh and yeah Rudy Gobert is way too many NBA teams anyway all right so this is an interesting stat so Giannis is one of the only players I think it's only been done in the modern NBA three or four times to win the NBA most valuable player. An NBA Defensive Player of the Year mm. in the same year. Yes, yeah, I and that. he did that in the 2020 season. Mm-hmm. Can you guys list the other players who've done it? Modern I'm NBA, just, mod, yeah, modern NBA. So we're talking like 85 and, uh, and forward, right? I think it's more when they they gave the awards out. Okay, um, um, MJ's one. I'm going to say Tim Duncan's another one, and yeah, I'm going to say those are the only two. Tim Duncan and uh, MJ. All right, Uriah. I would say Hakeem Olajuwon and Ooh, Michael Jordan. I forgot about Hakeem. Yeah, I'll throw Hakeem. So I'm going to say yeah, three. you guys until I've all the answers. Uh, Kobe. So same Kobe. year, guys. Same year is what I asked. Yeah. All, um. MV, MVP and Defensive Player of the Year. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, uh, yeah, I would have gave Jordan. I would have gave a team. <laughs> Uh, that's question tough. is, do you think, Kevin you think uh, Duncan? Ooh, so, you, Maurice, Burnett. you just listed off. You guys have kind of figured out. You just those are the only three. So you just listed off the two guys who've done it before. Okay, it's only been Jordan and Elijahwan in the same year. Ooh. Oh, okay. So yeah, so so Giannis is in very small company. Mm-hmm. Like with mm-hmm. it's, those are the only. Hmm. I mean, you have to think about how good of a all-around player you have to be to do that. And so there are other players who've done it in the modern NBA. And you did mention Garnett, David Robinson, 
They've done it, but Kevin Garnett did it in different um, different seasons. So did gotcha. David Robinson. They didn't do it mm-hmm. in the same season. Gotcha. Okay. But Jordan, Elijah, and Giannis, the only three players. I think that is a hands down his most impressive stat, in my opinion. Real, real question: um, Has he won all the major stats? Because he's won Rookie of the Year. No, most improved. No, he didn't win Rookie of the Year. That's the only one he didn't win. No, he won. No, he's yeah. So he obviously um, he has. Yeah, that's the thing about Giannis. He he won that Finals MVP. Obviously, he uh, fifty games, fifty points in the game set and game six. He hasn't won a scoring title. Surprisingly, mm. that was kind of surprising. I think it's just. I mean, Joel Embiid right now, man. Yeah, Embiid. Yeah, I think that's what it is because I think in the it's either it, he, him or Luca are probably ahead of him. Yeah, I think he's in an interesting era of scores. So that's the one thing that that surprised me. And I think that'll probably change. Um, I mean, probably not with Luca, actually. But uh, that that surprised me that he didn't he doesn't have a scoring title. Hey, real quick question to you guys: Is Giannis the greatest power forward ever right Ooh. now? Ooh, no, but he's close. He's close. Greatest power? Who would you pick over over Giannis? Me? I'm just curious. Yeah, Duncan. You pick yeah, Duncan? Duncan? Yeah, Duncan. Duncan's his nickname is literally the greatest power forward of all time. So Duncan- I think Duncan. So you're right. The, I think Giannis is more um, dominant in a way, but I I do think Duncan's style of play is more conducive towards like actually winning in the playoffs. Because Giannis has had a lot of flameouts. I mean, we we you know we come from a yeah yeah you know we okay. know what that looks like. But yeah, he's had a lot of first round exits and like he really only had one good playoff run. That they they've designed a good team around him. I just think that. <laughs> He had that one good playoff run, and I need to see a few more before I start saying. He's, That's fair. Because Tim Duncan's won like five NBA championships, right? Okay, yeah. So Tim Duncan, I would put Tim Duncan ahead of him. Him and KG a, are tied right now for me. I think him oh, yeah, and KG, KG, good point. KG's probably yeah. tied. He's ahead of Barkley. He's ahead of Dirk. He's ahead of Carmelo. Yeah. yeah. I, so I would uh, say, say third right now, probably. KG okay. probably ahead of him slightly right now, just because of longevity. Yeah. So we're we're obviously in Giannis's peak. We're in his prime. So uh, so all these stats are like straight. Like he's seven time straight All Star, NBA All Star MVP in twenty twenty one. How many All NBA first team defensive teams has Giannis been a part of? I'm gonna start with you, Uriah. Two. Okay, Lucas. Three. I want to say three, maybe. All right, Maurice. Three. It's four. Wow. He's oh, a wow. four-time All-NBA first team. Nice. Um, 2019-2022. He actually didn't get on a team last year, believe it or not. Uh, he was All-NBA second team in 2017. He was two-time All-NBA second team 2017-2018. And then he was the 2017 NBA Most Improved Player. So that was kind of when he took his leap and he hasn't really backed off. He's gotten kind of better every year. I think this year we could all probably agree his jump shot's a little better. Mm-hmm. A, a little bit, yeah. yeah Three-point three percentage is down, but... Yeah. They're, but that they're was never him. his role. That was yeah. never his main thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, is this foul shooting up, Lucas? It feels uh, up. Give me a minute. I had to exit it, out of that tab because I thought I was it, done there. Give me, yeah. Give me one minute. It feels it feels like he's shooting better from the free throw line. At least the games I've been watching. 
And then um, while he's getting that, uh, he was all NBA rookie second team 2014. Uh, and he is uh, a member of the NBA 75th. Oh, it's down. Okay. I mean, technically it's up from last year, but it's still not even close. Like he was in the 70s for a while, but four out of the last five years, he's shot below 70%. So mm. yeah, it's not that good for the amount he shoots. Um, all right. He's he's the NBA 75th anniversary team. And he plays for Greece, as we said. So he was the FIBA Euro basketball top scorer in 2022. The Euro Car Player of the Year in 2018, and he was the Greek League All Star in 2013. So that's that's Giannis, uh, NBA champion 2021. I was an NBA Finals MVP in 2021. So we know. Let me ask you, Uriah, what what stands out to you? Well, when you reminded us that he was second team all rookie team i completely forgot about that and and i'm i'm glad that we brought up some of the stuff from his early career because i don't recall like it just seems like once he became an all-star he never we never looked back uh to those humble days but i think that stood out to me obviously the two-time all defensive player of the year i think that says a lot because this entire time by the time he started winning defensive player of the year he was the number one scoring option on the Bucks, and that's not easy to do. Whether it's Michael Jordan or Hakeem Olajuwon, to be the number one focal point, you're getting double team left and right, and then you have to go down the other end and provide and be an anchor for your team's defense. is It's not easy to do, so those stand out to me. Maurice, what's what stood out to you? Uh, one thing at the end you mentioned was he was on the NBA 75 team. There was some debate about if he should have been, he should have made that team. Really? Um, being really? that he was still young, yeah, okay, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I, do. I, 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 I mean, Jokic, 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 and Embiid weren't on it, right? No, no, yeah. So I kind of agree. He's pretty young. I don't, I don't yeah. know, man. Look, I mean, he's won a championship. He has two MVPs already, despite being that young. Jokic was only, I think, he only had one MVP at the time. Joel had none. I, I get it, he, right? So like, right. I, I'm not upset about that. Yeah, yeah. I'm upset that, about Dwight Howard team. not being on there. Well, there's a lot of questions, but who should have been on? But going back to Giannis, uh, it, it kind of reminded me of the NBA 50 team when people were questioning if Shaq should have been on it. Mm-hmm. If Uriah remembers that, I do remember that. Because Shaq, yeah. I think Shaq was like in his fifth year, something like that. Right, and, right. not even fifth. I think not, fourth I remember year. that. Yeah. yeah, and um, that that automatically came to my brain. Should Giannis have been on an NBA 75 team? And that says a lot about his career so far. People think he's one of the 75 best basketball players ever. Right. And this is 2022, NBA yeah. 75. That was last year. So, yeah. I wonder, Maurice, how much whoever voted for these players, I wonder how much of his biography – made them say, yeah, he should make it. In other words, he went through a lot being an international player coming from like really, really bad situation in terms of poverty. Had he, let's say maybe he grew up as the son of a former NBA player and maybe had some advantages. Would he still have made that team? Or do you think maybe the the committee said- The struggle, the come up. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm, I wonder if that helped. I, I I, I would hope not. Okay. I would hope not. Yeah. So Lucas is like, just no bias. It's all about production. It's all about the hoops. Okay. All right. I was just wondering. Right. 
Yeah, I think, and and then I think kind of that stat that we mentioned, the, the being in the small company of Elijah and Jordan, you kind of have to give it to him then. Uh, yeah. Lucas, what about you? What stands out? The fact that he's made uh, all NBA defensive first teams as many times as he has, because look, I'm not saying that he's a bad defender, but I think he's slightly overrated as a defender. He's an elite help defender. I'm not saying that, that he's not. But in terms of one-on-one defense, how often do you see Giannis actually guarding the other team's best player? Not that often, right? Despite them being wings and him supposedly being a forward, I I think that that speaks volumes to me there. I don't think... So wait a minute. Time out. I'm not trying to make this a debate. I just want to understand your position. Mm -hmm. So a guy who got Defensive Player of the Year twice... Mm -hmm. Yeah. They didn't see. They didn't see that he's just a help I think defender. That people were so enamored with advanced, uh, you know, stats okay. that they sometimes ignore. And here's the other thing: he has a guy on his team, two guys before this past season that were all NBA level defenders as well. Brooke Lopez, Brooke Lopez and Drew. That Holiday. is a luxury. That is so, a luxury that like, he has. He's the third best play defensive. He was the quote unquote third best defender on his team prior to the Drew Holiday trade. Oh, I see. I see. And, and now, like, you know, and, and like, you know, anyway, that's just what I think. <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that's a good take. He's been, he's had the fortune of uh, being, you know, playing with like Drew Holiday and Brooke Lopez. Lucas wants also, to strip, Lucas wants to strip Giannis of also his. I uh, no, 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 no. strip Giannis of his titles. That take is him away. not what I said. <laughs> I, I am just I saying know. that I think that, um, you know, the Giannis hype train was really real at the end of the 20 teens. I completely see your position. I just think it's it's funny. I, I never heard anybody say that before. I, I'm not saying that he's a bad defender. Let's be no, clear. no, no. Yeah, I, I just think that he might be slightly overhyped because he's Giannis, the Greek freak, Swiss cheese, and all that. <laughs> Whatever he said, I don't. Swiss cheese. Is that what he said? He said cheese. <laughs> Where is this coming? No, from? no, no. He said it after Swiss a, cheese. Yeah, some type of like cheese thing that he said when he was in philly one it's, time it's the cheese thing he's like yeah. he didn't understand what with, cheese with, whiz, or, I thought. Oh, cheese whiz. with or go. without cheese whiz, whiz, yeah whiz, yeah. Whiz, yeah. yeah something like that yeah. so anyway all right well yeah that's um let's be honest it's still obviously in a couple years his i'm sure his accolades and achievements will be double so Now, these two guys have something in common with the man you've been talking about, Shaquille O'Neal. That's power, size, and quickness. And, Larry, is that the prototype for the new NBA star, do you think? Uh, I would hope so. You know, you, you you find these guys coming in playing a four spot and a five spot. They all have that 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 that, that, that package with them. And, you know, to be a good player in this league, you got to have that. And um, I think uh, Sean may have it a little bit more than me, but I'm trying to get there. Well, Sean may have a little bit of a problem, right, because you have a bum thumb that kept you out of the slam dunk contest. How's your thumb right now? That's a little sore, but, uh, you know, this is a game I couldn't miss. It's my first All-Star game, and uh, something I've looked forward to, and uh, just glad to be here. What's it been like for you? Well, it's been good. It's been a good weekend. Uh, this is the weekend we've uh, all the fellas have hung out together and uh, talked and uh, got to know each other even closer. All right. Well, you guys have fun. Who knows? We may even see you matching up against each other. Now let's send it over to Steve Jones. All right, that was Sean Kemp, I'm guessing, uh, being interviewed the All-Star game? Yep. His yep. first All Star game, it sounds like. Who is he being it. interviewed with? Did anybody catch that? Uh, Larry Bird. It was Larry, but not Larry Bird. 
Larry, Larry Johnson. Yeah, Larry Johnson. Hmm. Yeah. All right. So Sean Kemp, he had a brief stint, I would say, compared to kind of where Giannis. I mean, they're about the same, about six, seven years. All right. How many All Star games has Sean Kemp been a part of? Uriah. Uh, I would say four. All right. Maurice? I think it's four, two, four. It's seven. Seven? Seven sure all-stars? Seven? Is it seven oh, no. or six? Six. Ah, there we go. Six. Oh, okay. okay. In six straight years. Um, yeah. he, he probably would have been an all-star. Lucas is kind of right in 99. Oh, yeah, that's right, because um, they didn't have the, the lock, lockout yeah. season. So, he, 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 again, uh, probably – and he also probably would have been an on, on the all-NBA team as well. But yeah, six straight All-Stars from 93 to 98. And how many times was Sean Kemp an All-NBA team member? Let's start with you, Maurice. Are we talking first, second, and third, right? All of them. Uh, he, only, he was on the same team each year that he was on there, guys. Okay, so Lucas knows this. So Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say six. Okay. I'll say five. The answer Lucas. is three, and he's he was on all NBA second team. Yep. Oh, three okay. three years mm-hmm. in a row. Yep. Yeah. Now remember mid nineties power forward, so uh, kind of a peak. Carl Malone and Charles Barkley. So I oh, don't yeah. think he was yeah. going to get in that forward position over those two guys. Yeah. So he was a six time um, All Star, but only a three time All NBA. So there were six. And it was all star years. Scotty Pippen. So yeah, you would have he would have not it would have been peak Scotty Pippen and then it would have been Barkley and Carl Malone. So yeah. then I don't think he ever would have gotten first team with those guys. No. Those three. No, because Barkley like they, was averaging like twenty six, twenty seven. Malone was always twenty eight points a game. Yeah, and then du- Scott they were Pippen. double double. They were always yeah. double double machines. So yeah. those were the forwards who was always kind of like he never, and I'm sure there was some, there was probably like outliers, but I think those three guys, when Sean Kemp was in his prime, were all were at their peak. So, yeah, yeah that's probably probably why. Okay, he was on the uh, the FIBA World Championship team in '94. But that's it. That that's didn't he the play guy. in the Olympics in '96? I could have sworn he was an Olympic. No, it doesn't uh, say he was. No, okay. Uh, it says he he represented the U.S. But FIBA. it says okay. just the FIBA World Championship in 94. Okay. Because he wasn't on the Dream Team. Mm-hmm. That would have been. And then he wasn't on the Dream Team 2. So, and then I would say this. He was, it, this is kind of an accolade. He he obviously is one of the greatest dunkers of all time. Yes. But he yes. was, Um, he did make the NBA Finals in 96. And he beat arguably, they went up against, Arguably the best team of all time, the '96 Chicago Bulls. Yes, um, seventy-two and ten, and it, yeah, I think they took them to six, right? Yes, yeah, they took them yeah. to six. So I think in a non-prime Michael Jordan, prime, like the best team ever, maybe that team wins a chip. You know, yeah. so yeah. and then I, I would say one of the best duos of all time is Gary Payton and uh, Sean Kemp. Yep. But that's about it. What do you guys think? I'll start with you, Uriah. The one thing about Sean Kemp is that as fast as he became popular through his dunking, his highlights, being the ultimate lob threat with Gary Payton, 
he declined really quickly, especially when he got traded away. He had a weight problem. He really ballooned. I think he got over 300 pounds at one point. If his game is predicated upon athleticism, leaping out of the gym and using that to overpower and even intimidate opponents, then he kind of loses his effectiveness and his health. I think he didn't have like the healthiest career, but no matter, it's kind of like we talked about one episode, Penny Hardaway in in the same era, like very impactful in a quick, short burst period of time. Not sure if he'll make the Hall of Fame. There's there's some footage of him out, out there online uh, with Gary Payton talking about maybe Sean Kemp becoming Hall of Fame. But I, I, I don't know about that. I wouldn't hold my breath for that. But but yeah, I think the accolade that stands out to me that you said was all NBA. Because even though he didn't make first team, for him to make second team, is, it's not easy to do. Especially a guy that didn't go to college and had the issues that he had. Yeah, and it's it's important to know that those Seattle teams, I think I think they won over sixty games at least once, maybe a few times. So they were they were yeah. dominant. Reese, what stands out to you? Those Seattle teams were actually really good. They were sixty win teams pretty much I think they had like a four year span where they were like upper fifty wins, almost sixty win teams in the mid nineties. Yeah, um kind of piggyback over what Uriah was saying. And and I had to question it because I'm like Sean Kemp wasn't only a, a two-time, but that was probably the best era for forwards next to maybe like the the early 2000s with Garnett and Duncan and, and Nowinski. But that era of forwards was really good. And for Sean Kemp to still stand out, and we didn't even mention like Dominique. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and other uh, power forwards like him. Yeah, that was that was a good era, and for him to stand out, yeah, that was pretty good for him. Lucas, what stood out for you? Like Uriah mentioned, you know, just a short run of it all, and I guess it was due to health situations and just you know overall, just like not being able to stay in shape. It kind of sounds like Zion a little bit, but mm. it's a shame, really. I guess it's a shame because you know he could have probably done more if he could have stayed healthier longer. I just want to add to the point of of the the their record i think lucas mentioned it or maurice did so in 90 91 they were 41 and 41 and then i guess once gary payton got drafted and they got all the right pieces george carl was the coach they won 47 games in 91 92 they won 55 games 93 they won 63 games 94, 57, 95, 64 games, 96, 57, and then 97, 61. That proves that even though he doesn't have the accolades, Sean Kemp was a crucial part of the Seattle Supersonic success. Yeah, man. They were were some good Seattle Seattle Supersonic teams. They really were. I do remember the, the one clip of them getting upset by the Denver Nuggets, the once one playoff, uh, one playoff season, and they came in with Tumbo was holding the ball in a joyous celebration on the floor, on the court. He was holding the, holding the basketball. Yes, I remember, I remember that. Yeah. To the expense of Sean Kemp, right? Yeah. Yeah. Fourth quarter, teammates. What does it feel like to know that with all the scraping and scrapping and clawing and you and Giannis together eight years ago that it turned into this? 
Uh, it doesn't feel real yet. Hopefully it kick in pretty soon. Uh, but to be a champion is amazing. To be a champion with my brother Giannis is amazing. Uh, to be a champion with all my brothers in our locker room. Um, they've been all amazing for us. You know, different guys in the lineup, different guys not playing. But whenever the name was called, they were always ready. And I say scraping and clawing. You guys have talked about the fact that you would get back from practices and have actual scratch marks on your arms from each other. What do you remember about those days, the beginning of all this, and what you learned about being teammates? I'd say the, the most important thing is that we were competitors, that we wanted to compete, we wanted to win, um, no matter who was on the other side of us, whether it was in practice, whether in games. Um, it didn't always come to success, but we learned from our failures. Um, to get to this point, you know, it feels amazing, especially with him, with a lot of things that we've been through. To see the growth that he's taken as a as a person, as a player, um, I'm glad to see it all. Now in the locker room. So that was Chris Middleton talking about Giannis, uh, one of his OG teammates. Uh, let's talk about Giannis and his teammates. Drafted 15th pick, 2013 NBA draft. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks were they had a 15 win team that year. They were they were pretty bad. Chris Middleton was one of Giannis' first teammates. This might be a blast from the past with these names right here I'm about to say. Um, Karan Butler, O.J. Mayo. Okay. Ooh. Zaza Pachulia, the ever-popular when it comes to all-star voting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Ramon Sessions and Brandon Knight. Going into the 2015-2016 team, they started to improve a little bit more. Actually, they had less wins, but you saw the potential there with this roster. Michael Carter-Williams, Jared Bayless, Tyler Ennis. So this team, like I said, they weren't as good win-wise, but you started to see Giannis coming to his own. You started to see the potential there. Now I'm going to move forward a little bit because Giannis only played for one team, the Milwaukee Bucks. So I'm going to move forward to their first real winning season, which was the 2018-2019 season which they won 60 games. They were the first in the Eastern Conference. And this roster was really good. You had Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, uh, Matthew Della Vadova. No, he wasn't an all-star player anyway, but he had championship pedigree. He was a good he's a good backup point guard. Dante DiVincenzo, Paul Gasol, George Hill, Brooke Lopez, again, Chris Middleton, and a young Christian Wood. That was a really good roster. That was a roster that competed. They didn't win a title, but they were definitely a, a team to be reckoned with going forward. Usually when I ask the roster, when I ask you guys questions about the roster, I'll say who had the most wins with the player, but I think it's fairly obvious it's Chris Middleton. Right. So I'm not going to give you the second one because the second one I think is obvious. That's Brooke Lopez. Who has the third most wins with Giannis? I'll start with Lucas. Eric Bledsoe? Ben? It's going to be his brother. Ooh. I forgot about him. Ooh. <laughs> what? That's, that's a really good question. Yeah. A really good answer. Go ahead. Uh, I'm going to go with, hmm, Dante DiVincenzo. He was there for a couple years. When, especially oh. when he was winning. They were winning when he got there, I think. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. You are wrong. Bang. <laughs> <laughs> <Thanks>. <laughs> with... 251 wins. The third most wins with Giannis on the Milwaukee Bucks is Pat Connaughton. Really? Oh, yes. Oh, wow. That makes sense. Okay. That makes sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I do want to say one thing about the teammates here, and this is more about roster construction. 
The Bucks made a major miscalculation by betting on Eric Bledsoe versus Malcolm Brogdon. Because if they didn't, hmm. if they would have traded Eric Bledsoe and kept Malcolm Brogdon, then they probably wouldn't have needed to make the Drew Holiday trade. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Now, Drew Holiday is a better player. Oh, yeah, 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 no doubt. But they wouldn't have thought about making that trade just because Malcolm Brogdon, I mean, we saw the one year in Indiana when he was the starter, he was averaging 22 and 11. So he can put up good numbers. Yeah, it's interesting The um, going through this, they didn't draft any of these guys. No, they, These are all free agents. Like, yeah. so, so it's interesting the Bucks don't even like – they don't care about draft and you're kind of seeing that now. Like it's very interesting that the whole thing has been cause, cause Middleton was in his second year. He was secondly free agent uh-huh. and he's been with the honest his entire career, but yeah, they, they if it doesn't work within a year or two, you're gone. Yeah. Like they, like look at Drew Holiday right now. So, so yeah, they're very like, yeah, they're, they're good in free agency. I got to give it to them. They, they, and they've hit some luck, like Brooke Lopez having this second type of career. They've hit some luck with the guys that they've, I would say, have bet on. I, I completely forgot that Pau Gasol, Pau Gasol played with the Bucks. Oh, yeah. He did? I, I, I don't remember that. I, like, was it for like one year or was he? Like, I think that was uh, his last season. Okay. All right. I think that was his last season. Yeah. And didn't Robin Lopez play with he, the Bucks? He's on at some there point? now, but that's this is his second stint there. Robin Robin Lopez? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah, and going back to Brooke Lopez, and we had to talk earlier about Giannis and his defense. Brooke Lopez was the like their main big man defender. And he's right. won all defense and everything. So and with that end combined with Drew Holiday, Giannis didn't have to be the best defender. He just had to be a defender. So going to the 2021 uh, NBA season and Gian- and the Milwaukee Bucks became NBA champions that season. The season was a little shortened. This is after the pandemic. Some of the names on that team with uh, Giannis, like I mentioned, Pat Connaughton, Dante DiVincenzo, Drew Holiday was on that team. He was acquired, acquired via trade. Brooke Lopez, Chris Middleton, Bobby yeah. Portis, P.J. Tucker. And last but not least, his brother... Let me get this right. Thanis? Yes. Uh, I oh, no. I, the Nassus. The Nassus. The Nassus, yeah. The Nassus. Yeah. The Nassus He had another brother there. Yeah. I think it was a Costas. Costas. I think it was Costas. Yeah, Kostos. he didn't even there's, there's another brother, Alex, but he's... He's not, not in, really. In yeah, league. he's not in. Okay. I think he's playing international, correct? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, so that was a championship team. And just real quick, let's just go to the current team. They're a really good competitive team this year. They added players like Malik Beasley, Cameron Payne, Robin Lopez is on this team, Jay Crowder is on this team, and they traded for Damian Lillard. So as of this recording, we don't know how it's going to this season's going to end, but the one-two punch of Dame and Giannis is going to be impactful more so in the playoffs by far. That's his best teammate that oh, yeah. Giannis has ever played with is Dane, who's going to be a future Hall of Famer. So we will see on that one. For my Sonics teammates, I share this honor with you, especially the Rain Man, Sean Kemp. Y'all talking about that Lob City over there and the Clippers? We was the original Lob City. And, that, and that's, that's the truth. Yeah, you know, that's I was more mad at Sean when he left Ooh, because 
I, I think that he got mad because of what Seattle was doing and wasn't communicating with me so that I could get involved too. And, and that was a problem right there. And, and that's what I told him. I said, you know, you made me more mad not telling me about the situation and let's get it done. And I threaten them and to move and leave and stuff like that. And we'll be cool and we'll get something to get it done. You know, and then I would have took a pay cut. Pay cut. You know, I, I got cut, I got paid the year before, and let's restructure my contract so that we can get Sean to get the money. You know what I'm saying? So that was when I was most mad at him. But then going to play Cleveland for the first time and playing against him, it was just funny. It was funny that I see my soulmate on another team, yeah, and he's weird. he's going to work on us. And then I'm trying to go to work on his team, and it was just it was just crazy. You know what I'm saying? So that was Gary Payton, Sean Kemp's uh, best teammate. I think we all can agree on that one. Absolutely. Sean Kemp drafted the 89 draft by the Seattle Supersonics. Came into a team with, they were okay. They were 41-41 his rookie season. They didn't draft Gary Payton yet. They drafted him in the, in the second season. The first year, Sean Kemp was on the Seattle Supersonics. They had players like Dana Barrows, Dale Ellis, Avery Johnson, Xavier McDaniel, Derek McKee, and Olden Polonies. Now I know Lucas is probably out of the loop on this one, but those were some <laughs> those actually some really good players from that era. Xavier McDaniel went on to, you know, be a good player with the Knicks. Derek McKee with the um, Pacers. Olden Polonies was a it was an underrated player. Remember people remember Olden Polonies, he was in a trade for Scottie Pippen. So let's move on to the next year. Once again, they were 41-41. They drafted Gary Payton, pretty much the same roster. But the two of them, you started to see the the chemistry between the two of them, kind of like a one-two punch, a point guard to a high-flying wing player. So he was the assist man, assist man to a live threat. So in that clip we heard, <laughs> Gary Payton said we were the original live city. I can see that. And before I ask you guys a question, uh, let me let me go to the ninety. Let me go to the ninety two ninety three team. That team's roster consisted of Sam Perkins, Michael Cage, Benoit Benjamin, and this player had the second most wins with Sean Kemp at three seventy. I'm gonna throw it around to the room. I'm gonna start with Uriah. Who was this player's name? Second most. Uh, I'll go with Detlef Shrimp. Ben. Yeah, Detlef. Lucas, I don't know any better, so I'm going to say what they. I'm going to say those two. Guys, I'm going to say deadlift too because I trust these guys. You guys are wrong, but I'm going to throw it around real quick one more time, and I'm going to give you a hint. He was a coach. A coach currently or was N- was was a coach. Oh, uh, Derek McKee. I don't think Derek, Derek was ever a coach. Miss- I thought he was. So what? Clearly, that's not the answer. Sam <laughs> Perkins. No. Uh. Nate McMillan. That's who I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. Oh, man. Derek McKee was with the the Indiana Pacers. What am I thinking? Yeah. Yeah. From those old school players from the 80s and 90s, what players really stand out to you guys as being impactful or just memorable in any way? He had a lot of, like, guys who might have made, like, one all-star team. He had a lot of, like, fringe kind of, like, actually kind of similar to Giannis. Mm -hmm. A lot of, like... Eric Bledsoe type talent, you know what I mean? Like might have might have made an All Star team with like Olden Polonies. So we mentioned Nate McMillan. So a lot of like role players, guys who uh, knew their roles, 
not superstars, you know? So obviously mm-hmm. Detlef and Gary Payton were, but outside of that, it was just a lot of like, you know, but good role players. Yeah, that's a good point, Ben. Role players that knew what their job was, and you had a young Sean Kemp, essentially fresh out of high school, trying to find his way. And I think names that really took me back, uh, Dana Barrows. What a fun yeah. player who was a great shooter, undersized for a point guard, ended up with the Sixers at some point. The other player was Xavier McDaniel. He was one of the few players that would get in Jordan's face yeah. and pick a fight. Now, typically that would happen in New York, but it did, I think it did happen in it, Seattle. It, it there was a few their times. chances in the finals once I think he started jawing off and then Jordan went off. Right. Yeah, exactly. You don't, you don't want to poke the bear. So mentioning players like Dana Barrows and oh, one other player, Dale Ellis. If you ever get a chance to watch his highlights, that dude yeah. was such a good shooter. Such a good three-point shooter. I mean, you leave him open, you're just guaranteed to go in. So those stood out to me. I mean, like like I said before, I was crawling, but I will say this. <laughs> um, shout out to the GM for good roster construction building around a young core and doing it quickly. A lot of teams can't do that, so shout out to them. Yep. Yeah. So go to the 96 team, won 64 games, 18 losses, coached by George Carl. Went up against the 96 Bulls team, one of the best ever, 72-win team. Some of Sean Kipp and Gary Payton teammates were in that season. Nate McMillan, like I mentioned, Detlef Shrimp, Irvin Johnson, not Irvin Magic Johnson, Irvin, the other Irvin Johnson. Mm-hmm. Hershey Hawkins, that's the name you haven't heard in a while. And Eric Snow. E. Snow. Okay. <laughs> really? Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they drafted him. I know Eric Snow. yeah so that was that was the um that was the night that was the 96 seattle team came up short i mean what what were they going to do against that team that bulls team in the finals but that was the peak of the gary payton sean kemp era like you mentioned there he eventually left seattle and joined the cleveland cavaliers this is the part where he becomes a little bit of a journeyman here he goes from cleveland to Portland, to Orlando, where his career ends in the NBA. Just real quick, to breeze by some of these some of these teams John Kipp was on. The Cavaliers, 96 Cavaliers team. He was on with Adrunas Elgaskis. Wow. Wesley hey, Perks. Hey, Big Z. <laughs> West, underrated player, too. Adrunas was good. He was good. Especially when um, LeBron got there. Wesley Persons, Bob Sura, and Danny Ferry. Bobby Sura. Okay. And just to wrap this up real quick, let's go to his Orlando team. That was that was his last team that he was on. Darrell Armstrong, Pat Garrity, Horace Grant, Grant Hill, Tracy McGrady, Mike Miller, and Jock Vaughn. Nets current wow. Nets coach. Need some wow. talent. They had back in there. That was actually yeah. a really good team. They only won well, forty two games. Mike Mike Miller was yeah rookie of the year. Like he was he was T Mac was in his prime. I'll start this off. I just looked it up. So that Seattle team in the mid-90s, they won 57 games, 63, uh, 57, and 64. Like, back to back to back. Like, they were <laughs> dominant. And then what's weird is after they traded Kemp for Vin Baker, they won 61 games, which is crazy. I remember that in the 98 season. But that team was like a powerhouse. 
like consistently winning 60 games plus. So yeah, that, I mean, that stands out to me how dominant they were. And, and it's interesting comparing Giannis. Giannis is kind of equally dominant. Like he's always, his teams, they, they restructure it, reshape it, but they're always around 60 wins. The one teammate that Sean Kemp had that could not escape Jordan, even though he went 3,000 miles to a different coast, was Hersey Hawkins, who got trounced by Jordan and the Bulls when Barkley was there. And then he goes to Seattle, and all of a sudden, he has to guard Jordan in the finals, <laughs> right? Because yeah. remember, and I think it was the last dance, George Carl did not want Gary Payton on Jordan in the finals. So Hersey Hawkins got he got torched pretty much every time down the floor. And the one thing that this segment, Maurice, brings up to me, and I never thought of it, and I'm so glad we're doing this, is you think about the 96 Bulls, and they had Rodman at that point. Well, imagine if Horace Grant was there instead of Rodman. Would Horace Grant have been able to slow down Sean Kemp? I don't know. I think maybe Seattle wins against the Bulls, maybe the 93 or 94 Bulls. And Uriah, on that note, it's argued, like, I didn't realize how good Detlef was. He was an all-NBA player. So they had a big three. Oh, yeah. They had a big three. They had three all-NBA players. Not all-stars, all-NBA players. So that team was... Yeah, that team, you're right, Uriah. It was solid. Shrimp was a good shooter, good all-around player. So and Irvin Johnson, another one of those guys that knew his role, crashed the boards, contest shots. And Big shooters. Yeah. Yeah. They, I think they, we, and Hersey Hawkins was a good three-point shooter, too. I think we tend yeah. to forget the chemistry between Gary Payton and Sean Kemp. In the 90s, it's, it's crazy. In the 90s, you have Stockton and Malone. You have Jordan Pippen. We, we, we tend not to talk about Kemp and Payton as much. Right. You know what I mean? I, I actually think they were like the third best duo of that era. Yeah, and it's weird that that like I said, the they had about six years of almost sixty wins. And it mm-hmm. is interesting that I all these Seattle fans, they want a team back in a way. I get why. That team was like that team kind of ran the nineties. And didn't in NBA Jams, wasn't Gary Payton and Sean Kemp, was that an option? For NBA Jams, the, bat, the the video game? They were the option. Yeah, I remember them. I would love to know, like, throughout history, how many people chose that tandem? Because they were... That was I definitely tandem. did. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. I would say, uh, you're right, we talked about this in the intro. Yeah, the, the Seattle Sonics, when they changed that logo right. during the finals, man, that, like, I remember you couldn't get a Kemp jersey, and then... Just how cool they—they they were the first one to do the kind of new style. I don't know if you guys remember that. Did I remember. You like, did you like that logo? The new one, yeah, the, the um, darker green. Yeah, yeah I, like the I liked one. it. I, like I like the old one. Yeah, with the, with the bright yellow, I do like that one. We left Lucas out, guys. Lucas, hey, here, good. Look, <laughs> what look, do you I, do? I was a wee little lad at this point. The only thing like I know about like this is that like Gary Payton never really won a championship. Like that's. That's, well, he did. He did ring chase at the end with the Lakers. Yeah, he, he got did. one, right? He did get one. With oh, the, yeah, he got one with Miami, guys. Oh, yeah. oh he yeah. did. Oh, what's right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Okay. About that. yeah. And he and he played too. Like he he he, he was got some decent minutes. Yeah, backup yeah. guard, right? Anyway, yeah, yeah. Now that we've set up the debate with all the facts on Giannis Antetokounmpo and Sean Kemp, it's time for you to make your case. At this point, it's not about our opinion, it's about yours. We'll see you on your favorite social media platform, ready to check out your takes. 
Chime in on our Instagram at NBA underscore now and then underscore pod, on Twitter X at NBA underscore now and then, and on our Facebook page, NBA now and then. All right, everyone, it's been great talking about these amazing players, but we have to go. So until next time, this has been NBA Now and Then, the greatest comparisons. Peace. See you. Later. Later.